Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. It's a rare person who would give up fame and fortune to toil in the obscurity of, for someone else's creative vision. That's exactly what Leon Vitale did after his acclaimed performance as Lord Bollington in Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. He took on a role as Stanley Kubrick's assistant, jack-of-all-trades, did everything in, and out of the ordinary and extraordinary for Stanley Kubrick. Vitale's unique working relationship with Kubrick is explored through anecdotes about his candid and funny and sometimes shocking experiences with the director, enhanced with a rich variety of previously unseen archival materials, including photos, videos, letters, notebooks from Vitaly's personal collection. This is a remarkable documentary. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a while. I really like this film a lot. And the film is called Film Worker. And we're joined today by the director of Film Worker, and that would be Tony Ziera. Tony, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. This, again, I mean, I'm a fan of Stanley Kubrick's. I'm a fan of film, obviously. And to see, and it's rare that we get this kind of a behind-the-scenes look, pulling the curtain back on someone's, especially someone of Kubrick's uh, stature, a a peek behind the curtain to see not only his own working relationship, working style, but also the people he worked with. And um, I I don't know where you came to this story, how you came upon Leon Vitale, but tell us a little bit about where where the origins of this documentary came from. Well, it was originally um, for a project titled SK-13, which was about just Kubrick himself and his creative process. And so Leon was on my really most important list um, of people to uh, film with. And so we met in L.A. Um, just just mainly to to capture his side of the story about, mainly because I was focused on Eyes Wide Shut and what, what drew Stanley to it and how things progressed on that shoot and um we just hit it off and then i was really surprised by his story so um i ended up putting the kubrick uh, footage away Mm -hmm. which i will start editing soon and um proceeded to do film work or um so leon would have his acknowledgement you know and 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 enjoy that once i was done you know it took a while but yeah expected right yeah I, I think i know the answer to the question i'm going to ask you but what was leon's initial reaction to you doing a film about him or did you did you uh, he, 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 did you pitch it as a film uh, about him i should say is that yes yes of course yes i i after our first meeting after finished shooting we exchanged a lot of emails we hit it off really well and then I went back, I think about two weeks later, and I said, I really want to do a project on you. And he just, he said no. He, um, he didn't, he just didn't think there was a story there. That's one. <laughs> Two, he kept saying, I don't want you to be disappointed. I don't know, you know, it's like you're working on this now. And, you know, I think it's always usual for people, like when, when you're the filmmaker and you kind of like see a story, and sometimes either people are shy or, uh, my, my, what I ended up discovering about Leon is that he's comfortable talking about Kubrick, but he just never, he never talked about himself. 
and he felt like he'd be more maybe using somebody else's fame to talk about himself. But I was really more interested in him and the people, you know, uh, behind the screen that really never get any mention uh, in our industry um, to highlight that. Yeah. And so he, uh, you know, so, so we agreed the first, I would say the first couple of weeks or even the whole month, the first whole month of shoot, it was just more of like, um, um, getting him to talk and it was very difficult to get him to talk because he was just not he didn't have that vibe that you saw later in the film yeah. he was just kind of reluctant to kind of talk and also memory sometimes is tricky because he's you know it's like you're talking 30 years of work so all the stories were kind of all mashed up together and and uh, it was hard to remember certain things so, um, so we made a deal that if I organized all his material and we would box them nicely and label things, um, and he would, as we did that, he would look at things and remember. Yeah. And it, the, the device worked. And he actually started to be really shocked about how much he's done, which, which is, tells you how much you could really forget when you're just busy for 30 years. Yeah. I, I alluded to it in the introduction, but how will for our audience, let's go over how this relationship started between Stanley Kubrick and Leon Vitali. Well, um, you know, Leon actually sat in the theater when he was watching uh, Clockwork Orange. And he watched the film and really fell in love with it because he was already in love with Kubrick's uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. And so he re- literally, after the movie ended, he leaned over his friend that was with him in the theater and he said i want to work for that man someday i want to work for that man mm-hmm. and that was just a dream he's never met him he's in england he's a, a british actor you know what are the chances chances and um years later he just gets an audition for barry Lyndon to play lord bullingdon and and um uh, i think he had one scene and the one scene became uh, six months of work, and he just wrote him a bunch of scenes in the movie, and he became the guy that basically, you know, in the, as, as the character in the story, the guy that takes down uh, Barry Lyndon, yeah. uh, the revenge, in a sense, for his mother. And so it just, uh, the, the dream became true, mm-hmm. and then as you've seen in the film, he started to wander around. He was really taken by Kubrick. Even the moment they shook hands, you yeah. could see it's almost like a, you know, meeting the, that your idol, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, the he wandered around the set and he said he started to just really, he loved how Kubrick did things. You know, because you get, we always forget like how Kubrick was so detailed. I don't think even we have that many filmmakers anymore that like were really really into details and so everything was like the costumes were being hand sewn they were using like um you know the the the, the details that he was just so taken by the the process and he just fell in love with filmmaking and then as soon as barry linden was done um everybody was throwing offers at leon from films, television, and the stage, which he loved to be at the stage, like on, on the stage in, in, in England. That's like a big dream for an actor. And he um, basically said no to everything and just went to stand and he says, I want to work behind the camera to be with you, you know, for as long as you want me to. And obviously he stayed with him till he died. 
and even uh, restored his films. I mean, what a story that somebody would, you know, you start as an actor, you don't even know what a lens is. Like, you know, you just didn't know much about filmmaking. And by the end, you're color correcting and grading and restoring your master. <laughs> your, your, you know what I mean? The great Kubrick's work. Yeah. It's a, it's, Remarkable. I, I really want to, to kind of, uh, impart to, to my audience that this, this man did exactly, he did, he went from, yes, from what you described to becoming yeah. the foremost expert, I would assume, I, maybe I'm jumping a little yeah, bit here, yeah. foremost expert on the work of Stanley Kubrick. And keep in mind, a lot of people spend a lot of time uh, uh, specializing in the work of uh, Stanley Kubrick. So this is no small feat in and of itself. And I don't know that there's anybody that could... Well, your, your film school radio, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, you know, Stanley is, Kubrick is, uh, you know, that, that was one of the fortunate things in this film is that I felt like Kubrick represented cinema and Leon represented this artist and represented devotion and to have both in one film because yeah. he just did, you know, I mean, Kubrick was known even way back in the early, early, early days. He would wander through the streets of New York carrying his own mic and carrying his camera. And he was like really one of the early independent, like, you know, filmmakers on the streets of New York, right. black and white. Wasn't his so, his, man, his, yeah. his first film was it called The Killing? Um, was a yeah he's that oh yeah that's a that's well, an well, indie film he, that's an indie film really that's an indie film he's done other things he's done documentaries also early yeah, on yeah. and the day of the fight I mean he's done a lot of stuff that was um, you know and he learned everything by you know literally from the ground up yeah. and um, you know we go all the way to across to um, you know. Uh, uh, working with lenses, doing things that are unusual, film stock, pushing the processing. I mean, it's like he was, um, they said the older when he was, the, the older he got, like the, the crew was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It was almost like everything was becoming more of a painting. And, uh, but he still had to have people like Leon. Yeah. Well, as, as you, that. yeah, you had a, 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 one of the studio people uh, talking about how, Kubrick's production costs were really low for somebody who did the kind of work he did. Yeah, yeah. And then look at his stuff. It's so grand and big and like really stands like the shelf life is amazing. Yeah. And well, that's what really always impressed me about Kubrick, you know? Yeah. Well, it's sort and of he a... He was really a, the master. Yeah, yeah, it is sort of a perverse compliment to, to Leon in that, in that way. Uh, yeah. yeah. Truly. Well, again, I mean, so so we, we he establishes this kind of uh, relationship with Kubrick and then, as you said, embarks on this uh, decades-long um, relationship with him. Uh, so let's talk about some of the people that worked with with Kubrick and that are in your film, like Ryan O'Neill and Matthew Modine and others. Yes, getting a hold of them, getting them to talk about their 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 time with uh, with Stanley. Well, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, there are people like like Danny Lloyd from The Shining, uh, Matthew Modine, um, Arlie Ermey, We just we we just lost him recently. Um, they were all, you know, they felt like they really they wanted to really honor Leon. They've seen him at work. They've seen how much he's done. He's also uh, contributed to their careers. And, and uh, you know, you've heard uh, Arlie Army and Danny and stuff saying that if it wasn't for Leon, they, they don't think they would have done half the job they did. And so 
it's like people really wanted to uh, um, acknowledge him and 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 pay you know the the the, the respects you know you like yeah. just come in and say this guy really 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 was there all the time and he was really working hard but also at the same time I wanted people to kind of be um, to testify because you know you don't want to just sit with your subject and kind of just get them to tell you whatever they want to tell you I didn't want him to kind of tell I wanted other people to like say how many hours he worked like he never slept he was always there for them and um it, it really kind of paints including also the executives at warner brothers you know i mean uh they, they really do paint a picture but it also shows people whether you're a filmmaker or an audience how much goes into making a movie and a movie of that kind you know the way kubrick did movies it was a non-stop job and so they all were really willing uh, to come on board and be very open yeah. uh, on camera. And, um, you know, to a point, I mean, uh, you know, Matthew Medin said at one point, I asked him if, like, after Full Metal Jacket, would, you know, would he do what Leon did and leave acting and become Stanley's assistant? And he said, no, I'm too selfish. <laughs> to, well, you uh, know. yeah, yeah. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director of the new documentary film called Film Worker, that, and we're speaking with Tony Zira, and the film is about this relationship, this long-term relationship between Leon Vitale and, uh, and famous Pantheon-level film director Stanley Kubrick. His relationship with um, Kubrick certainly took a toll on his family. Uh, they're in the film. His his uh, children and, and, and other relatives are in the film. They testified to his commitment to Kubrick and his work. Um, was there any... How were they, in terms of talking about their, their uh, Leon's involvement with... Uh, with um, the, it was Kubrick? difficult. Yeah. It, was, it was difficult. It took a while, actually. I think it, I think it took about maybe um, six months to a year to kind of... We were back and forth. Um, I think the, you know, it's I think when you work with someone like Kubrick, as Leon said in the film, like Stanley ate you up and that affected your private life, yeah. your personal life. And, uh, and, and so, of course, there was a lot of, um, you know, um, I don't know if it's anger or regret. And, 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 um, um, and also, they weren't really aware of how much their father did. Because, again, you know, when you're going to be always, when you're always labeled as the assistant, that could be anything. And so, and then that was one of the reasons too, I wanted to make the movie to show that like, you know, we can't just like always when someone is an assistant to just look at them as if they just bring coffee. And even if they just brought coffee, it's still a job. Yeah. Um, so it was more like really highlighting that because, you know, look at the end credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll yeah, we tend to be a society of, uh, you know, celebrity society and, and our culture. And, and it's 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 important to kind of show how much these people really bring to the table yeah. of the filmmaking in a sense, you know. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, they, but but they did. They ended up being in the film, and you could see sometimes they're uncomfortable. But once they um, they were able to to speak, they really started to recall stuff that was kind of sometimes like jaw dropping, you know, about like you know how they saw their father behave when mm -hmm. Stanley wanted him on the set. Yeah. And, it's kind of like, I think it's engraved in their mind and in their, it affected them definitely, you know, like just being distant, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, in the film, and I, we, I, I didn't hide this, and it's like, I really believe that 
um, Leon is a creative junkie in a way. It's like, and so is Kubrick. You could see that clearly. Um, nothing existed outside of creativity. Once there was creativity, they, you know, like, like Leon's kids mentioned, you'd be talking to him at dinner. He's not even there. Yeah. His mind is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, well, and lest mm-hmm. I make it sound like this, the, I mean, Leon wanted to be there. Leon was dedicated to what he did. This is a very, you know, it's almost this sort of, it is, not, not even sort of, it is a master um, and student relationship. Obviously, they, he, sure. he, he, he lived for, for this. He lived to be able to do this. There were, I'm sure, many times when he could have walked away from it, but chose for himself, for the life he chose to live, and and it yeah. is in the work. You can see it on screen. You can see it in uh, the reactions that people who who see his films have. That this work yeah. was of, of of particular value, real value to to the work that Stanley Kubrick was doing. Yeah. And Absolutely. and so, so I, lest I make it sound like he was in some sort of you know sadistic masochistic relationship. Oh no! It was by choice. It was by Absolutely. choice. Yeah, he and, and it, this yeah. is an opportunity. Yes, and it sounds like he could have had a, a a very good career as an actor, and maybe a great career as an actor. But uh, he yeah. chose to do this. And again, there are obviously any time you make a decision to be this committed to anything, there are costs in other parts of your lives. There are prices to Absolutely. be paid. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm trying. I'm not trying to make Kubrick look like a monster here. Just uh, one of those things. No, that, he's yeah, not. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Now. No, he's not. Actually, I, I always, I always, I always defend it because, again, I, I, you know, especially also spending years and years of like just research on the first project and then meeting Leon and reading every memo and looking at tapes and things, you start to see that like Kubrick did the same thing to himself. Yeah. Um, he wasn't one of those directors that sat on the chair and said, go get me this, get me that, and yelled the action. He was just really involved in every aspect. And so uh, Leon found someone that fed that, uh, it, that creativity that was just like, like really endless, you know, to stay until three or four or five in the morning every night, even when somebody's like 70 years old, who stays till like five in the morning working on a movie? Yeah. But Kubrick was like that, you know? Yeah. And, Yes, it, absolutely. I'm curious. Uh, did we have? Do we have any sort of uh, uh, written or recorded uh, reflections of Kubrick on Leon's work? Were there, you know, okay. it, it, it's interesting because uh, you know there were also like other actors or some people said, "Well, why didn't you let's say interview Tom Cruise or someone?" And I, I think it's a lot of times it's like people won't take time to kind of just sit there and go, let me record something about my assistant. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, a lot of the, also like the big names also don't want to appear to discuss their assistant mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, plus they're also like Kubrick was like always very busy. He didn't even want to do interviews himself. Yeah, that's true. So he didn't do it. it was, yeah, it was, all these things were more almost for him were like irrelevant. It's just we got to get the job done. Yeah. You know, and it's and and that meant also that I'm not going to even pay attention to Leon, and I'm not going to even pay attention to my own health. Mm-hmm. I'm just we, we we have an objective. I want to leave. I want to make a good movie, mm-hmm. and I want the audience to have a great film. And that's that, that, that is the the beauty of it too, in so many ways. But as you said earlier, it does come with a cost. Yeah. You did, know, but like it's giving. You know. Yeah, yeah. Did did. Um... 
Did Leon ever entertain the uh, the thought of directing his own film? No, he, um, you know, he was, uh, one thing is like he was an actor. And of course, when he started working with Stanley, uh, there was also this fascination of like just getting things going. But he also still got involved with, um, he trained a lot of actors on Kubrick's films mm-hmm. and also ended up acting again for Kubrick in Eyes Wide Shut, right. which people always, well, because he's wearing the mask, but he's Red Cloak, he's the MC. Uh, the, 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 the famous now, you know, every time there's a Halloween party now, somebody dresses like Red Cloak, the mm-hmm. priest. Mm-hmm. Um, so he acted for Kubrick towards the end. So I, I think Leon was just more really busy with, with there were so many possibilities, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the only issue is that, again, you know, when you go to Hollywood, it's, um, as he mentioned in the film, it's never, it won't be the same that we used to be with Kubrick. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're allowed to go into different areas. You know, we tend to have more of a, a a union, and it's like the gaffer can't cross over and touch this camera or record sound. With Kubrick, we're just more of an open hand. So I think when Leon was done, either he was, uh, maybe he was too tired, or maybe taken on a whole movie by himself, it was just exhausting. Plus, also, he's he's been talking about writing a book, mm. and I know he started to write so I think uh, there was, and he was, he was also constantly restoring the films, yeah. of uh, Kubrick's films. So it's like there's so much time that you could just devote, let alone just grab a movie to direct. But I'm sure he would have loved to, yeah. because he really has a lot of knowledge in that field. Yeah, there's a beautiful sequence in the film, uh, near the end of the film, where uh, there's been a, an exhibit, uh, I believe here in Los Angeles, of Kubrick's films. LACMA. LACMA, yes. yes. LACMA. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Leon, unfortunately, for whatever reason, really didn't even get an invite, and, and so, but he's there at the exhibit. He's yep. showing young uh, young film lovers and students of uh, who ho- hopefully will yeah. become filmmakers someday that uh, yeah. just on his own, just to be there, just to be a part yeah. of it. Such a cool part of the film to see him do that. Yeah, it was so beautiful because when I went with him, you know, it was really interesting to me to see that, like, you know, when they had the big gala, they invited all the big celebrities, and he wasn't invited. And it was really, like, I think it more bothered me more than him. Of course, the celebrities were all invited, and, um, again, that it was... One of the reasons, too, I felt like that the film is really important because you, you know, how could you not invite this man? I mean, he restored all the films. He worked with him day and night. Yeah. Um, and he deserves to be there just like any other celebrity. Um, but it's a status thing. It's, uh, you know, again, we don't we don't honor, you know, our assistants and and the gaffers and the grips and the sound. It just it just it just the way it is. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to just kind of highlight that in the film. But the beauty is when I went with him, it really, it was shocking to me to stand in line. And um, we were paying for our own tickets to go in. And I felt like it's just crazy that even Leon is paying for himself to go inside the exhibit. Yeah. You know, but um, Hollywood sometimes can be cruel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yes. but he, I think with the film, he does, now at least uh, get you know the acknowledgement he deserves 
Well, you know, which he did at Cannes, which was beautiful too, by the way. Oh, good. That's good. I, yeah. No, I was just going to say this yeah, film is yeah. is obviously going to go a long ways towards rectifying the perceptions of Leon's contributions to uh, Stanley Kubrick's work. I think that will will be impossible to ignore moving forward um, in the terms of the, uh, the his his work and the perceptions of the of his yeah, his yeah, role. Yeah. Which he deserves, and people like him, you know. Yeah, and people like him. There are so yeah. many people like yeah. Leon. Yeah, yeah. they're like they are really the unsung heroes. I mean, look at look at the credits at the end of every film. Is like there's just so many, and to always just give the credit always or the attention to the actors and the director is just kind of like kind of ridiculous in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is a collaborative effort, and and especially when you have someone that really gives gives you everything. You know, like yeah. doesn't just like show up for a few hours every day. They just like with you for like thirty years. Right. That's uh, yeah. yeah. But so, I'm just curious in closing, uh, Tony, your perception of the work of Stanley Kubrick. Uh, obviously, the 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 body of work is is remarkable, uh, and and it will stand the test of time. How have have if at all your perception of the work of Stanley Kubrick changed in making this film? Well, you know, I was always a fan and um but of course when i when i when i started to do the research there was part of me i was always worried that i will meet someone or i will read something where i would hear that stanley was at some sort of side of him that was like lazy or pushed people and just more went on vacation or and i was really impressed by the fact that like he really wore people out um and and it's like to to see the fact i mean i did I, um, I filmed with Ed Ties, who did most of the sound for Cooper. And he said to me, that even on Eyes Wide Shut, it would be like 3 or 2, two o'clock in the morning. And he would sit and listen to every sound take. And he wants to see which one that really sounds right. And, uh, and I remember Ed Ties said, you know, I said, Stanley, it's late. You know, I could do that for you. And I'll just bring you, you know, my picks. And, and uh, he, he said that Cooper looked at him. And he goes, no, why? I like doing it. It's like, why would I not do it? Yeah. And it's like, so the, the level of dedication mm-hmm. um, that you heard from people, even calling people on, the, on their days off to just have conversations about the film, um, and also the level of knowledge was, uh, was incredible. And, um, but then really mainly, especially for SK-13, I discovered that, you know, you think somebody's in a 70-year-old director like when you look at the details when i went to the archive and i pulled all the material and eyes watch up because that's one of the main focus i was really surprised about like the the details i mean he was uh, even if an actor looked up but their eyes were like a little bit too high you would see little arrows and he would say can't use that take his eyes they're too high Mm. he's looking up too much Mm. or too low so, I mean, the precision. So when you watch a Kubrick movie, I think that's why the shelf life is really, really, it, it's incredible. And people just keep discovering the films is that you're really watching something so detailed and so layered. And he's so ahead of you that every time you see the movie, you just keep seeing more and more and more in it. Because he doesn't just show up and knock down a film in like three months or six months and he's done and he's out and then see you and doesn't even show up to the sound mix or color correction. He was really hands-on. And um, you just, I don't think we have that many, um, it's hard to, I can't even like say so-and-so is the same like Kubrick now because I don't see any of them just putting in the time to even create a story or, or, or the effort. 
Right. And let alone just not Kubrick, but look at Leon when you see film worker, you go, this is insanity. <laughs> so, but, but, but you, the audience, you're really getting a treat. Like, it's like he left something behind that is um, memorable. And, and, and I really respected him for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated him for that. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have a favorite, sure. do you have a favorite Kubrick film? Um, yeah, I would say Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Because, yeah, because because it's so misunderstood and because of all the discoveries I made on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, of course, everybody will say 2001. But the reason Eyes Wide Shut for me is unusual is because, one, because of what I've discovered happened with it and how the material was, uh, the material originated and how it really developed. But also, I still feel it's still the one new movie that Kubrick, that the audience hadn't completely looked at yeah. the way he intended for it to be looked at. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to do this, um, it's just going to do the same climb as um, 2001 or Barry Lyndon when it came out and no one was, you know, the, the press attacked it. Um, I think Eyes Wachai still has the that potential, you know, which is the way it looked and, and it just the harshness of it, you know. I think there's so much that will come out of it. I'm going to have to go back and give it an, another look. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, I'll just throw out my favorite is uh, mm, Doctor please. Doctor Strangelove. I, oh, of course, of I, course. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, I love that film. I yeah. I love that film. Yeah. I can't even. I just every time I think about it, it I think of, of what an amazing yeah. achievement that was, and finding the right tone. It, everything about it is just so yeah. good. Uh, that I, I just and, and it to... predicted our times, didn't it? And yes, we it are did. Living in Doctor Strange enough days. <laughs> it it really I know. Well, again, I mean, like we were talking about, these films will stand the test of time. Two thousand and one, yeah. Barry Lyndon, I think, has gotten a bit of a an upgrade over its initial. In fact, I know it has over the time it was released. Yeah. People perceive it in a much different way than they did. And I predict your your you your correct your prediction will come true. That in fact, over time. Eyes Wide Shut will be seen for something uh, more than it was at the time. Yes. I hope so, too, yes. Well, what a fascinating film, Film Worker is. It really is, and, and my, Thanks, my I, I, I fell in love with Leon. Uh, I hope he's doing well um, and that uh, yeah. he, he continues to uh, be the person he is because he comes across as a very warm and really a wonderful person in the film. You're going to want to spend time with Leon watching this film. He He's just someone who could who so readily and willingly gives himself over to something that they're so devoted to and that they love themselves. It's inspiring in, in, in many ways. I don't know if I could achieve that level of commitment, but it certainly is. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really a, a wonderful film and a wonderful person Leon uh, is. So um, thank you. Excuse me. Thank you so much for the film, and thank you for finding time to, to spend with us here on Film School. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. The the film is Film Worker. The director is Tony Zira. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.